Welcome to the ninth episode of You Are Team with the Amazing Race podcast from Reality TV Warriors. My name is Michael Holmstone, and joining me as always is the Canadian who likes to do everything the Dutch way, Logan Saunders. Evening. And the lady who has promised us that she won't throw an egg at her children, no matter how much she wants to, Michelle Pistenovan. No, it would be the cow, of course. Uh, it would be the cow, yeah. <laughs> and shout out to Mark Doyle, who was 100% wrong on what I was going to use for your intros. All right. What did he think? He sent me a message this afternoon saying, if either Logan or Michelle's intro isn't some reference to them being stupid or something, what's even the point? <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> and I just thought that I was far too predictable if I did that, so wasn't ever going to do that, and instead I'm just going to have a lot of fun taking the piss out of the fact that someone finally agrees with me on Tyler Oakley. And... As always, I shall start with the same question. Where in the world is Logan Saunders? Do you know where I am? I can't even remember. I've forgotten to even care about you on social media this week. I'm going to be perfectly honest. Split. Oh yeah, you are, aren't you? Yeah. I just got, I went to all the, I couldn't, the cave church doesn't appear on Google Maps. But you went to Kashani Beach, I'm assuming, and Diocletian's Palace. Yeah, pretty tough to avoid Diocletian's Palace, considering 90% of the tourists have to go through there. It's very weird to see teams go to the... Because I just went... Because I'm not really in Split. I'm in a village, like a 20-minute bus ride away from Split. So I just went there this afternoon, after I was done teaching. And then I watched the episode, and it was very bizarre to see teams just casually strolling through an area that I just was... Three hours ago. <laughs> and then flying to a city that you went to with me a few years ago. Briefly. Yeah, they were in there very briefly this episode. We were there very briefly. So, previously, six teams raced to split in Croatia. Nicole and Victor got lucky with a flight connection in Zurich. In Croatia, a difficult detour and a puzzling roadblock saw Tyler and Corey win their fourth leg on the trots. And Chris and Brett went from first to worst and got eliminated from the race. What's funny is that both sides of the detour are extremely close to each other from the last leg. Well, usually when when details are that close, you can kind of tell that they're going to be really difficult. When they're allowed to switch seven times and think it's the rational thing to do. When they break the Michelle Pierce-Denovan rule. <laughs> and teams must now fly to Amsterdam and then get a train to Kampen. And once there, they have to find a marked tandem bicycle after 9am. And they have $88 for this leg of the race. And Tyler and Corey leave at 8.53am. Nicole and Victor at 8.55. Becker and Floyd at 10am. Colin and Christy at 11.31. And then Leo and Jamal at 11.35. They were having problems with those bikes. Have you ever ridden a tandem bike? Surprisingly not. But we have actually uh, had the invitation to ride a tandem bike with a blind man from last year. What? That's just crazy. Well, we talked to Lowell. Uh, he, he said that basically next time he was in the area that um, we should go out on a bike ride. <laughs> and I said that he should teach Logan how to uh, how to ride his bike. Just for the added entertainment. I sense a sitcom. It's one of those things that I just really want to see happen is Logan have to ride a tandem bike with Lowell. Lowell, who is basically a professional athlete, and Logan, who can't ride a bike to save his life. Did you have a stroke? That's what an old man said to me when I tried to learn how to ride a bike. <laughs> really? Yes. <laughs> Why can't you ride a bike? I just never learned how as a kid, and I tried very briefly about three years ago, but I only practiced a couple times where I was starting to get the hang of it, and I haven't tried again since. That's so funny. But then an old man walked by the very first time where I was trying to learn, and he went up to my co-worker, and he said, oh, did he have a stroke or something when he was younger? He's never going to learn. <laughs> you must have been so bad. In other words, I would not fit in with the Dutch. Nope, you would not be able to do it the Dutch way. <laughs> And Phil introduces the Netherlands as the only country that runs its electric trains on wind power. And believe me, when I was on the Dutch trains in May, it felt like they were running on wind power. Because it was so slow to get to Antwerp. That's why you were late. 
<laughs> yeah. I'm not sure whether you've come across me repeatedly telling this story, Michelle, but was meant to get the um, the train that got me in at 10.15, because Logan and I were meeting at my hotel, and we needed to be at, uh, at Kinepolis for about 1 o'clock. I missed the first train by a minute because the hotel shuttle was 10 minutes late. I got on the second train, and then... That one got cancelled in Rotterdam, which was the first stop because of a mechanical failure. So I had to wait another hour after that. Ended up getting into Antwerp at 12.15. Bearing in mind Logan and I were meant to meet at 12 o'clock at my hotel. I was a little bit frazzled. (laughs) Just a little bit. It got to the point where as soon as I got to Antwerp, I had to go on Google Maps, share my location with Logan, and basically say, I'll be with you as soon as possible. Look at this map and I'll get to you literally as fast as I can run with two bags. And then get to the hotel, check in, dump my bags, get changed, and go straight to Kinopolis. Very exciting. So thank you Dutch Trains for nearly screwing me over and ruining the coolest thing that I've done this year. That's why some of us stayed in Antwerp the night before. Well, aren't you brilliant? (laughs) I thought it might have been easier. I was wrong, all right. I'll know for next year. Yes. So, Tyler and Corey say that they hope they won't be U-turned because of their relationships that they've built with everyone. Uh, Nicole has a tandem bike at home, and they are the only non-Amazing Race team left, and both of those teams are leaving on an 8pm arrival. Becker and Floyd want to break their curse of leg 10s, and Floyd got a heat stroke last time. They're due to arrive at 9.43am, and Jamal says that he and Leo are the strongest team, and they want to make the final three for once. And Colin and Christy... Took last leg as a growth experience, because everything that could go wrong did, and it's all on the up from here. And they leave on a plane that arrives at 11.41pm. And bearing in mind the bikes don't unlock until 9am, what the hell, guys? Oh, yeah. Why rush? But they didn't know that the bikes were opening then. No, they did. They were told specifically that the bikes would be available from 9am. Oh, yeah, no need. Which, for the record, is more than 24 hours after Tyler and Corey and Nicole and Victor departed. That's weird. It's almost like they wanted everyone to catch up. Oh dear. They could have easily filmed the season in like 16 or 17 days. Yeah, but how on earth could they market 12 shows 16 days? It just wouldn't... it doesn't flow. I can't do this, Zach. Exactly. You'd need to have six days of just sitting in a conical boat. And have Vietnamese locals push you while in this boat. And thanks to the fact that we got a sponsor spot at the start of the episode with Tyler and Corey looking at their prize that they won, we don't get an intro again. I roll. Yeah, I don't, you know, they're very slapdash when the intros come. We just can't have intro and departure times. We have to have either one or the other by the look of things, or neither in the case of last week. <laughs> I wonder what the editors do. Ah, oh, let's see. How can we annoy Michael this time? What shall we leave out? <laughs> I do wonder if the editors listen to this podcast and just go, yeah, we're not going to give him a full season, just just for funsies, because we know he's going to mention it every time. <laughs> and yes, I'm that predictable. I mean, Amazing Race's ratings are going down, so the fact that they troll one of their only ten viewers left is kind of hilarious. Literally tens of people. Just slightly up from the ones that watch Amazing Race Canada. There's an Amazing Race Canada? There used to be. (laughs) I've heard this line before. You two are like Laurel and Hardy. Here's your two lines. Here you are. It's almost (laughs) like we're going to keep doing the same joke every week. How many times have they been to the Netherlands now? Lots. Because Bertram's from there, and he has lots of local contacts. Some of them are friendlier than others. <laughs> Those canal people were iconic, and I will not hear a word said against them. Yeah, who? it's been a few seasons since somebody's been upset over uh, paddling incorrectly in backyard canals. Didn't Tyler say that he very nearly cried at being asked if he was stupid or something? Did he say that online? He said that on the Amazing Race fans group, I believe. But maybe, just maybe, we finally found the reason that he blocked me. He was upset that anyone could be mean about him. Come, come. 
And Tyler and Corey say that they want to just get to the U-turn first so that no one can target them, because they're the biggest targets in the race, despite the fact that Colin and Christy still have a better record than they do. Yeah, and that there's bad blood between some of the other teams. They basically just don't want to get involved in a Katy Perry-Taylor Swift situation. <laughs> That's all it is. Well, I know one song that what oh, Katy Perry's song that would not apply to Tyler and Corey. <laughs> what, Swish Swish? Sure. This is how we do? California girls? Hot and cold? I can't think of any other Katy, Katy Perry songs. Change to the rhythm? That's one. <laughs> While Michelle is away, we just name Katy Perry songs. Roar? <laughs> yeah, roar, roar, that's a good one. Firework, that's a good one. Why the hell are you talking about <laughs> Katy Perry? What? Like, I don't have my microphone on. I'm like, oh my god, they've gone off on a tangent. God. I'm not going to um, even tell you. <laughs> oh, so now I have to listen to the whole podcast. Yeah. Not that I don't always do anyway, but oh god. <laughs> So teams must now ride their bike to Yachthaven, where they will find their next clue. Floyd has bike flashbacks, and it's Nicole's birthday, and she just doesn't want to be eliminated. Not everybody can get what they want. Only one. And it's all because of Leo and Jamal. Leo and Jamal gave her the best present she could possibly have, which is still being in the race. Hmm. I mean, it was against their wishes. So what happens if Leo and Jamal didn't use their U-turn? Nicole and Victor probably still would. I think, regardless, Nicole and Victor were U-turning Becca and Floyd. We're still at the bottom, Victor. Because, A, they would know they were at the bottom, and B, there is still the bad blood between them over the um, airport cutting in line thing from last week. Also, I feel like the editors, whoever put in the, the, oh, it's time to split clip, I feel like whoever said that needs to be shot immediately. (laughs) <laughs> Why? Because you didn't get to it first. Whichever editor was responsible for that, get in the sea. Just get in the sea. I'm hiring a hitman right now, and there's a lot of there's a lot of Croatians who are up for this. I was going to say Logan knows a lot of Eastern Europeans now. I know it's lazy stereotypes, but still. Yeah, the '90s weren't too far away, people. Logan is basically Canada's answer to Scarface. Yeah, <laughs> it's just mountains of maple syrup. I'm reloading. Say hello to my little friend, eh? <laughs> See? <laughs> What's that about? I'm taking my machine gun, firing in the boot. <laughs> oh, so I'm just picturing Logan Saunders' um, Canadian Scarface. <laughs> I'm just picturing all of Scarface with just a stereotype called like Bob and Doug McKenzie. I'm just trying to think of more Scarface quotes that we could Canadianify. It's been a while since I've seen that movie. It's been a surprisingly long time. All I can think of is the Stephen Lynch song, uh, The Ballad of Scarface, which basically tells the entire Scarface story in three minutes, and it's awesome. Tony Montana? Do you know Tony Montana, rode a boat here from Havana, scarred from eating pussy, lines his face? That's the opening bit. It's a good summary. (laughs) Oh, well. Are we going to actually get into the actual show? No, we're just going to do Canadian Scarface for the next half hour, Michelle. It's more interesting than the season. Yeah, he's got a point. It's crazy. Except for Becca. Becca threatening to throw eggs at a Dutchman. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, I'm I'm just looking at Scarface uh, quotes now and thinking about making them Canadian. Oh no, I can't have both of you giggling. You want to fuck with me, eh? Okay. You want to play rough? Okay. Say hello to my little friend, eh? (laughs) All that's missing is, instead of, like, the half-half-buttoned-up shirt, it's just a plaid shirt. And he's wearing a toque. And instead of being in Miami, the mansion would be, like, in Vancouver. No, no, no. It's got to be somewhere even worse. Much worse. It's got to be like... Muskoka? Sudbury. <laughs> Say hello to my big nickel. <laughs> anyway, should we get back to this episode before Michelle kills me? Um, 
So, once teams get to Yachthaven, they find out that it's a detail which is high or dry. And in high, teams must take part in a compound tradition, raising a ceramic cow to the top of the bell tower in under 40 seconds. If they raise the cow quick enough, they get the next clue. And in dry, teams must ride to a farm and ditch fault to collect two cheeses and a dozen eggs and then deliver them on their bike to compound market to get their next clue. Ceramic. Are you sure it was ceramic? Because ceramic's quite heavy unless it was paper thin and then it would break easily i thought they were paper mache i'm surprised they were ceramic the reason i know they were ceramic is the next thing i'm going to mention because this detail is very interesting in that it saw the reappearance of one team because colin and christy went awol if you look at the live spoilers there is nothing for them between dubai and the netherlands Nobody saw them in Uganda, nobody saw them in Croatia, nobody saw them in Switzerland. So, everyone thought they'd been eliminated. And everyone was devastated on Reality Fan Forum. As soon as they appear at the high detour, and people see them pulling a ceramic cow up to the top of the bell tower, people lost their shit. Because everyone loves Colin and Christy. And they were still there. (laughs) So that's how I know it's ceramic, because the Reality Fan Forum view for this episode was hilarious to watch i've never seen them lose their shit in that way it was really fun i'll have to go back and read it because i got tipped off that colin and christy were still in and i'm like oh thank god for that because they're basically the one reason that i was ever going to watch this season Mm. especially after last season being a shit show so there's a lot of discussion about the guide showing people how to do it the dutch way which amused me because i'm a child and Nicole, predictably, does not do it like the Dutch. Does she do it like an idiot? She does it like an idiot. <laughs> because I have never seen anyone do it that stupidly. We've seen this task three times on Amazing Race now, and nobody has been as bad at it as Nicole has. She was terrible. There is no momentum. Know. It's hard, though. I mean, it's almost as bad as the test video that Elise put up where they do it with a bamboo pole and it snaps on the tester. (laughs) He was was a bit bigger, though. That makes me think, what would it be like for Chris and Brett? Oh, it would have been hilarious. Would they probably snap it easily? Yeah, but they would have upgraded it to metal poles by that point because it was one of the producers testing it, and as soon as the poles snapped, they went, no, we're having metal poles. Give us your strongest ones, just in case. Yeah. Bit dangerous otherwise. Well, yeah, because it could have took his eye out. Yeah, God, it could no, it could have done more than that. Jeez. Taking an eye out is not the Dutch way, just for future reference. There we go. There's the title. No, I think a Canadian Scarface reference is probably going to end up being the title, Michelle. Oh, it doesn't have anything to do with it. Oh, God, what what songs were you doing before? Make it the title of a song. I'm Tony Montana, eh? You fuck with me, you fucking with the best, eh? No, it doesn't even have anything to do with the episode. I just want to say it. Michelle, it's one of my dreams to be able to say Canadian Scarface lines on this podcast. It's true. When issues. I was, he, it was, it was actually on a, on his, in his journal, in his room, in his mold journal. Yeah. Bucket list. You have issues, Michael. I don't have issues, I'm just greatly amused by the idea of relocating Scarface to Canada. Because Canadians are so polite, you don't expect a drug lord to be Canadian. We have way... That's the the exact problem we have right now. Do you know how many drug overdoses there's been in my town? Yeah, because there's nothing better to do in Vernon. Uh, That's a good point. That's a good point. But it's an actual epidemic where we have countless town meetings and... Next week, there's even an RCMP coffee chat to help them come up with ways to deal with this problem. It's been like that for like the past five, ten years, and so many things get stolen now, too. Somebody stole tires from a car dealership a couple days ago. Oh, do you think they've deliberately put another cow task in just in case Colin and Christy were still around? Oh, definitely. (laughs) There are so many animal tasks this season just for Colin and Christy. God, I wish they'd put a cow task in absolutely every episode. <laughs> it's like Paul Bunyan. <laughs> did you see the interview they did a few days ago where they discussed the difference between their mindsets on season five and season 31? I read through some I of it. Started. 
It was yeah. really interesting. Like, pro- it's properly worth reading because they just talked about how basically Colin had an epiphany that he was being very abusive about seven years ago. But the interesting thing for me is that they texted the casting producer four weeks before the season started filming and said, we're thinking we might actually want to come back on your radar because for years they'd said no after Christy got pregnant. They'd always said no to any all-star return because of how badly they were treated by the editors in their minds. And then Mm -hmm. this just kind of flipped. And then four weeks before the season started filming, they texted the casting producer saying... We're thinking about maybe being open to being on Amazing Race again. And they got a text back saying, do you want to come on in four weeks? Because we can get you on in four weeks if you want. We're casting for an all-star season now. They originally said five years they wanted to come back. <laughs> so imagine this season without Colin and Christy. This is something I want to get into next week, and there's loads of things I want to get into next week. It's going to be a long one just to warn everyone now. But imagine this season without Colin and Christy. I think I've told you this, Michael, but I probably wouldn't... No, not probably. I wouldn't have bothered with the season of Colin and Christie weren't on it. No, I, I don't think I would either. Wow. And I d- don't think I would have really been open to podcasting about it if I hadn't known that Colin and Christie make a deep run. Because they're Final Four, which is awesome. They join a very mm. exclusive club of people who've got to Final Four twice. And next week, they run to become a very, very exclusive club of people who've got to the final three twice. Potentially, yeah. That's awesome, and I don't think anyone would have necessarily predicted the change that they've had, or that this was even fathomable 15 years later. Mm. I like how we have three teams that have made Final Four every time they've played, and then Nicole and Victor. Do you know anything about who goes home at Final Four just out of interest? No, no idea. Okay. But I find it hilarious that it's like, Leo and Jamal, they've made Final Four three seasons in a row. Tyler and Corey, Final Four two seasons in a row. Colin and Christy, Final Four at least uh, 15 years apart. And Nicole and Victor. <laughs> and, yeah, Nicole and Victor have a lot of fun with the, the dry detail. Victor just basically transports everything. Including the bicycles, because Nicole doesn't can't reach the pedals. <laughs> and only two teams at a time can lift the cow, and Leo and Jamal just miss out. And Colin treats the rope like he's ringing a bell. He jumps up and uses the momentum to bring it down, which is probably the the best tactic. Mm. Tyler and Corey complete it in one attempt in 33 seconds. Colin and Christy do it in 37 seconds, and both teams leave for a mysterious ice cream stand that definitely won't be a surprise you to board. Dutch love their ice cream as much as they love their cheese and eggs. Seriously, is that the most interesting piece of information with the Netherlands? Like, that could apply to half of Europe. The Dutch, they're known for loving cheese and eggs. But also, they love ice cream. And it's like, you've described every major European city I've ever been to. You know who else loves ice cream? Me. I got free ice cream earlier. It was awesome. Oh, wow. Is Hagen-Dazs... Is that Dutch? I think that's Danish. I thought that was Denmark. We have Hagen-Dazs. Okay. And you know who I would have loved to see do the dry task? Who? Charles is a good answer. I would have also accepted Scott Flannery because he seems to be the traditional one whenever I ask this sort of question. But as always, the answer is Rachel Riley. Oh, gosh. And if we've learnt anything this season about her, and believe me, we have, by the end of this next list, it's 261 items we've learnt of her. She is a sister, resistor, insister, demister, cease and desister, fister, faster, caster, pasta, blaster, blister, blitherer, ditherer, witherer, zitherer, litterer, jitterer, flitterer, bitterer, twitterer, latherer, gatherer, batterer, natterer, patterer, platterer, tattler, rattler, cattler, battler, peddler, saddler, swaddler, waddler, toddler, coddler, cobbler, wobbler, nobbler, robber, throbber, jobber, cobber, Bobber, mobber, lobber, lobster, mobster, monster, munster, and mother. Radio. And given how many times I read through that list beforehand, some of them still make me laugh. Gosh. <laughs> you didn't go all the way to Z, though. Well, it wasn't alphabetical this week. Last week it was alphabetical. This week yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, I don't know. I just noticed there was some sort of direction going there. 
it was more rhyming, I think, than anything. I don't even know what Bindle's theme was with that list. Mm-hmm. It was just kind of rhyming and trying to put me off a little bit on the list that makes it 261 items I've read out for Rachel's job list, which is insane. <laughs> I think Nobber Robber was one of my favorites. Yeah, Nobber Robber. <laughs> <laughs> what was the cobbler one? It was Nobler Robber Throbber Jobber Cobber. And there's Toddler Coddler? <laughs> yeah, it was Toddler Coddler Cobbler Wobbler Nobbler. Yeah. I think seriously. I think my favorite, um, my favorite group out of that is probably Demister, Cease and Desister, Fister, Faster Caster, Faster Caster, Jillstercaster. So Leon Jamal leaving third with a time of thirty-two seconds, and they say they want to U-turn Nicole and Victor as revenge for their vote at the must-vote U-turn. And then Colin and Christy and Tyler and Corey both agree not to U-turn as they know Leon Jamal are going to. And teams must now. Pedal back to the train station and then pick up a car and drive themselves to Smit Githorn to find their next clue. And Nicole and Victor leave dry in fourth. I like how they've brought back the driving legs here, here and there. And also kudos to the U-turn board actually being after the detour. Yeah, that surprised me. It's the first time since, well, forever. 26. No, tw- 27 had one after the detour, didn't it? Was the one in India not? No, the one in India was before the detour. The one in India was the first one um, that was before the detour. So it was the one before that one, whichever one that was. I, I can't even remember. Zimbabwe. Poland? Yeah, Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe had one. Uh, Nicole freaks out about being potentially U-turned on her birthday, and the comparisons to Rodney are strong in this one. And then Leon and Jamal do choose to U-turn Nicole and Victor with a happy birthday message. Have Leo and Jamal ever not been involved in a U-turn? Just the first one of this season, I guess? Yeah, the first one of this season was the only one they've not been involved in in, what, nine U-turns now? And this is their first season ever where they haven't been U-turned at all. Yeah, so six out of seven U-turns they've been involved in. (laughs) Impressive. (laughs) And Nicole says, I don't like Leo and Jamal when they're U-turned. Like, what did you think they were going to do? Give you cuddle? You U-turned them. You tried exactly. to U-turn them, and Victor screwed it up for you. What do you expect is going to happen? Especially from a team that has been U- that was U-turned the first three times in a row in their career. I think they just leveled. Yeah, Leon and Jamal are very petty people. You don't take them on on a U-turn. It's kind of their specialist subject. At least now it's three and three. Leon and Jamal have used the U-turn three times, and they've been U-turned three times. So just don't disturb them anymore. <laughs> and then Nicole and Vitz choose to U-turn Becker and Floyd, and they don't like Leon Jamal, gosh dang it. And then Becker and Floyd lead high in last. And teams must now race by boat train to Bovenvida Lake. The pit stop for this leg of the race, the last team to check in will be eliminated. But to check in, they have to search the canal system for two boats to attach to their boat before they can actually enter the lake and head to the pit stop. Now, that canal system looks very lovely, looks calm, very inviting, but then it's like it's peak hour in the city at points. That's not going to be relaxing when there's so many people on there. I'm just thinking, even when Amazing Race isn't there, like it was packed. I'm thinking, no. You can imagine that when... Bertram was scouting out the locations. He thought, well, I want to come back to the Netherlands. I need to do something really fun. How about we find the world's most narrow canal system, make them row three boats down it, and just make them interact with the locals? It'll be fun. Because this can only be described as a complete and utter mess. And I love it. It was good. It's my favourite task of the entire season because of how ridiculous it is. (laughs) <laughs> and some of them what was it I'm thinking oh god they're not going to try and go backwards now are they are they and then crash into another boat and, oh. but also Christy looks genuinely shocked when she finds out it's a pit stop immediately there's no roadblock well she's never been in that era right where they just decide not to have a roadblock a random leg there was a lot of discussion about um, why there wasn't a roadblock and it's it's like people you have seen episodes before without roadblocks right because this does happen. It doesn't happen often, but it does happen, and all it means to me is that there's going to be one roadblock next week and one roadblock the week after, and therefore 
the final teams will be split 6-6. There's nothing that major about it happening to me. And I don't know whether it's just me. No. Sounds about right. I just don't understand why people are constantly looking for something to be outraged at about Amazing Race. You know what's funny is the fact that they filmed this because they filmed this at this time last year, and this is would be peak tourist season also in Europe in the mid, at, towards the end of June. So I think that's another reason why they had this canal task when it's peak tourists and locals being out when it's finally decent weather to be outside in the Netherlands. And it's like, no, let's throw in a bunch of Americans too just to piss off everybody else. Yeah, let's just anger people. It's fun. Because Tyler and Coy nearly hit a small child. That was that was very close, the front of their boat to that child. Punctured is the kid's eye out. <laughs> and Colin says that he's driven a lot of boats and he used to live on a canal, apparently. You know what's funny is that he mentioned he used to live in Corpus Christi and in Croatia, they just had Corpus Christi Day um, yesterday. Yeah, it's um, depending on where you are, if you go to a and especially Catholic country, they'll either celebrate Corpus Christi yesterday on Thursday or on Sunday. They celebrated it yesterday. So in, in the hyper-Catholic countries, I would say they do it on the Thursday, because that's a traditional uh, holy day of obligation. In the UK, we do it on Sunday. I see. You know what's funny with Lee and Jamal at the start of the leg is when they said, yeah, we haven't been running the best race for like the last nine legs or so. They've been awful. <laughs> I just like how they're like, yeah, it's just nine legs that we've been struggling. It's like that's that's more than what most teams get in the entire history of Amazing Race. On a, on average, teams average what seven legs per season? No, maybe even less. Usually, because well, depends which era. Like in the early era, the non eliminations were towards the end, so most of the teams were eliminated by like leg six. So it's like six or seven legs is what most people get, and you're saying, eh, it's just nine legs that we've been struggling. More than most Amazing Race careers. <laughs> I'll actually be able to tell you how many the average is, because I do have those stats, because I'm that sort of person. Of course you do. I'm going to guess now it's closer to seven legs, or even eight. It is between seven and eight. Yeah. Average is uh, 7.55. So it's like, yeah... We're just, we've only been struggling for when more than half the teams in Amazing Race history have been eliminated. <laughs> but it's even better to note that they haven't placed in the top three since like two. It's not like they've been doing terribly generally. They haven't actually made it to top three since like two when they won it. And this like they only beat two U-turned teams. <laughs> even Sherry and Cole managed to, um, to place in the top three within nine legs. Even them. But that's when, it's like, as soon as somebody's team says that, that's when you know they've been on the Amazing Race for too long. Nobody should casually throw out the number, eh, it's just, you know, it's just a slow period. It's just nine legs. <laughs> we'll, we'll do better on the next nine that we race. <laughs> and whilst on the canals, Leo continues his running theme of the season of seeing cats. Cats on a boat, cats on a farm, cats on a house, cats and hoes and boats. And also a shout-out to Becker and Floyd's U-turn picture, which genuinely made me laugh when you see it in the background. Because they just look so sad. They're just being yeah. over-the-top sad. It made me laugh. Is the fun meter down? Yeah, the fun meter is, like, zero. <laughs> and Nicole and Victor cycle past the start of the other side of the detail that they've got to do. Floyd just tosses his Jesus over. And then they find out that they have a cracked egg when they get to the market. And Becker is not a happy bunny. I think the fun meter should be uh, exchanged for the uh, the extra AF meter. It's less fun meter, more FU meter. Yes, the, the, letters, the letters get swapped around. <laughs> because Becca threatens to throw the egg directly in the guy's face. <laughs> that was a bit of a shock. I do like that Becca has zero middle ground. She's either super happy of Raging Hell Beast. There's no middle ground whatsoever. It's Team Bipolar Meter, where there's only two settings on the dial. <laughs> and Tyler and Corey perv on locals in the canal, all's boring. And oddly, adding a second boat to their train makes it harder to sail. Yeah, yep, it's you, that extra weight. The extra weight and the extra length. 
Who knew that would be tough in Dutch canals? And Leon Jamal missed the opening for the second boat. And the locals seem to be helping everyone, which is fun. They seem to just be aware of everyone's existence. Mm-hmm. And then there's a lot of crashing into people. Nicole and Victor leave high and forth with one second to spare. And Becca returns with the iconic phrase, I won't throw an egg in your face, I swear. No yolk. And Becca and Floyd leave dry in last. And you know what I really enjoyed about this leg? Cat on the boat. No, Colin and Christy finally winning one. <laughs> that takes them up to number eight. It does. It means that if they win either of the next two legs, they equal Tyler and Corey's record as long as Tyler and Corey don't win one as well. And if they win both? If they win both, they get it outright, and Tyler and Corey are never in the history books ever. Which, of course, is my preferred option. What? A team that's nice to us as opposed to one guy who's been super douchey to us? Oh, man. I don't know which one to choose. (laughs) Not even one guy who's been super douchey towards us. The one guy who is still holding a grudge against us. Three years later. Get over yourself. Get over yourself. Hashtag. Yeah, hashtag get over yourself. And Colin and Christy do win the leg, and they win $7,500 each. Each. (laughs) And we get another great quote in Phil saying, How about $7,500 each? And Colin immediately just goes, I'll take it, Phil. (laughs) And they say that they won six legs last time, but this time they're pacing themselves a little bit better, and they're going to try and win the one that actually counts. And Leon and Jamal break every rule by going through the one-way canal system the wrong way. One of the locals accuses Tyler and Corey of being idiots or something, which is much more polite than I've been about one of them. Who knew a single guy like Leo would have a tough time uh, getting into canals correctly? Navigating the canals. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I greatly appreciated Dutch locals getting the measure of Tyler Oakley immediately and just going, are you an idiot? Because you <laughs> you feel like you're an idiot. I love older men who just tell it like it is. Who just don't give a shit. (laughs) That person, there was a person on the fan page that said, oh, look, he was a bit mean, wasn't he? Maybe he wanted his 15 minutes of fame. I'm thinking, he doesn't give a crap about anyone wanting 15 minutes of fame, let alone himself. No, he he just wants to tell it like it is and say... For once in his pitiful little life, that Tyler Oakley, you're an arsehole. <laughs> and this is Jeez, me being nice. That's a bit too out? far. This is me being toned down because, you know, I actually get to talk about their hopefully last leg ever next week. Oh, that had nothing to do with what I was talking about. <laughs> I'm not even pretending to hide my contempt now. He's an arsehole. Jeez. Oh, okay. Move on. And talking of the arseholes, uh, Tyler and Corey checking in second. Although we do get the wonderful bit of, please sir, stop. I cannot stop. And then just smashing the child in the face. Nearly punctured his eye. (laughs) His eye was broken. (laughs) I'm packing it. (laughs) And then Leon Jamal checking in third with Phil's wonderful reaction of, what the hell happened to you guys? I've never seen Phil just be like that way to you, like, well, what's, <laughs> like, how 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 dumb are you guys? You, you nearly lost to Nicole and Victor for the seventh round in a row. <laughs> like, Phil was going to have an intervention right there, like, Leo and Jamal, are you, you know, are you depressed lately? Have you gotten into drugs? Why are you letting everyone just beat the crap out of you for the last seven legs? And instead of <laughs> talking about, you know, their actual record that they are now setting of the most legs run on The Amazing Race, because this was completely unmentioned by the show, but next week, as they've reached leg 11 again, they've made it to 33 legs, therefore they've overtaken Rachel already. They talk about how they're making it to a third 11th leg, and they need to actually, you know, break their duck egg on it. Do you think Phil had an intervention? <laughs> um, I'd like to think so. Then they can just say, well, we have the leg record now, Phil. It's pretty tough to defend against that. It shows that you can just suck and be terrible and awful at the race and look like complete idiots all three seasons. As long as you just don't get last, you can make it so far in this thing. And, be, and of course, have friends in casting that want you back two more times. That also helps. Mm. I think Leo's just too focused on cats. Like, 
You're in a race, buddy. Like, stop look, staring at cats on a boat or dogs on a ditch. And despite the fact that I knew Becker and Floyd went home in fifth again, I felt genuinely quite bad for them when they can see Nicole and Victor checking in in the distance and they're like, oh, I really hope that we're not seeing this. I really hope that somehow we're still fourth. But no, Nicole and Victor checking in fourth. They're still the only non-race team left. And Becker and Floyd actually make it to the map this time, but they are eliminated again. Sad. Beck and Floyd are like, man, I really hope it's just another uh, short, uh, blonde-haired, blue-eyed woman with a Hispanic guy with a camera crew in the middle of the Dutch countryside. I really hope it's that's what it is, and it's just a pure coincidence, and that it's not Nicole and Victor, who happen to be blonde-haired and blue-eyed and a Hispanic guy and surrounded by a production crew. I really enjoyed teasing Michelle on on Facebook uh, yesterday going, oh, but everyone was just losing their shit on the group about Tyler and Corey getting you turned out. And you're like, yeah, but I don't believe you. Yeah, totally not. (laughs) Because I knew instead that your favourite team went home. Yeah, yeah. And given your actual non-ironic love of them, unlike when I asked you to do this for Rachel and Litha, do you want to actually eulogise them, Michelle? I will miss their rapping. I will miss them... Putting, you know, 100% of energy into everything and just generally just being happy people when they don't want to throw eggs at people and just showing a love of life, you know, that a lot of people in this life don't have a love of life and they just generally do, just it's in their psyche. It's a bit sad they're gone. Yeah, those people who don't have that uh, love for life, they can just go uh, suck an egg. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and Becca and Floyd become the first Amazing Race team since Art and JJ to go home and Becca thinks that a Phil fake out is coming but there are no more non-elimination legs left yeah Phil wasn't exaggerating about that with Becca and Floyd that just made it super awkward because Phil said for three weeks now the last team <laughs> to arrive will be eliminated and Becca's like but will he really Phil come on please and he's just like no no I was telling the truth but there's always been three elimination lengths. There's never been four. Non-elimination, yeah. There's never been four. So why would she think that? There has been four. Yeah, there has been four. When? 25 and 26. No way. And why have I missed se- that? And seasons one, two, five, six, what? seven, eight, okay, nine, stop. Stop. ten, and eleven. Oh my and god, I thought it was always three. So apart from them. When when it was the 13 leg format, it was four non-eliminations. When it's the um, 12 leg format, it's three non-eliminations. And when it's the, the 11 leg format, as in seasons 12 and 13, it is two non-eliminations. And in Family Edition, where it was 13 legs but 10 teams, it was five non-eliminations. That was the classic 6655544433 ending to the season. <laughs> I've learned something new today because I thought it was always three, and I don't know why I haven't been paying attention. I don't know why you haven't either. Yeah. Let's hope you've been paying more attention for next week. Did you know, Michelle, that Leo and Jamal will be breaking the all-time leg record? I thought they already had. They, they've currently tied it, but next leg they, they break it. Oh, okay. They break it like one of Beck and Floyd's eggs. Unless you ask Phil, in which case he takes eliminations into account, and then, it, you know, numbers just change, let's be honest. Well, he better say it next week if they, uh, at the end of the episode. I don't think he will. Well, Rachel can't have it. Rachel's not allowed to have it if he, she doesn't have it. They seem to be making a big deal of Rachel getting it and then forgetting that Leon Jamal actually, you know, definitely get it. Because I've known forever that Leo and Jamal get this record. I've been sitting on it. I was very interested to see whether they would mention Rachel getting it because she had it first, but then Leon Jamal snatched it from her at the end. They'd better say something about it. Because no matter what happens now, if Leon Jamal go home next week, then they still get this record no matter what. Woohoo! But it's whether that's going to be their storyline next week or not. Mm. Because their storyline will either be, we've made it, we've got the leg record, but we're still going to go home in fourth, or... We've made it again. Can we actually get past a final four leg? Yeah. And if it is the latter one, I'm not sure whether they're going to mention the leg record or not. It's also Double Redemption 2. 
It is. So, next time, the final two legs see teams head to London and Detroit, although actually they don't go to London first. Spoilers. There are helicopters, rowing, redemption, markets, crying, and musicians. And I've been waiting forever to talk about Detroit being the last leg, because there are so many fun stories about Detroit being the last leg. So many. Did you uh, go and find them when they were in England? No, because I wasn't aware of it until they'd already filmed. And also, London is like 300 miles away. And more importantly, do you really think that I would go to see Tyler and Corey? Um, There's more than just those guys. Yeah, but you really think that I would want to be in Tyler Oakley's presence, other than to make it stupidly awkward for him? Well, you could have done that. I could have, but I didn't. Could you imagine if he asked you for directions? (laughs) You know what I would have done? I would have told him to go completely the wrong way. Of course you would. Of course. I would have told him to get in the River Thames and swim. When was the last time they were in England? 25. They went through a real big run of doing the UK every single season, and now 25 was the last one. And I hate to say it, because I really, really hate UK legs. The UK is probably my least favourite country that they go to regularly, because I know it very well, and their tasks are just... They just tend to be awful. But I've seen some of the tasks for this leg, and it looks really good, and I don't... I actually cannot believe I'm saying that, but the UK leg looks really, really good. Mm. Looks like they've actually put effort into it, because they don't start in London. They fly into Gatwick and then go somewhere else, and then go to London. But there's, like, boats down the River Thames, there's a potential double battle, although no one's confirmed it or not, but Phil was seen at the pit stop for the London leg with clues in his back pocket. There's ambiguity there. It actually genuinely doesn't look like a bad leg. However, the Detroit leg has a lot of fun stories. Do not Google anything about the Detroit leg, because there were press there, they did spoil the final three. That's how everyone knows the final three. Just to give you a little taste. It's annoying. <laughs> and also, do not have a look at anything to do with where the finale party is, because Travelocity is sponsoring it this time, and it's not in LA. Yeah... Uh, I think, yeah. I know where it is. I just saw it this morning. Yeah, I'm not saying whether it spoils who wins or not, but it's not in LA, which is rare. And apparently it's because Travelocity are based there. So, how do you guys see this season ending? Who's going home in fourth? Who's getting third, second, and first? Uh, I'm thinking Nicole and Victor fourth. Okay. Hogan? Am I allowed to predict? You said you didn't know anything about who goes home. In Final Four, no, but I know who one of the final three is. Yeah, you do. Who do you think's going home in fourth? Well, uh, well, whoever I choose, I this uh, I don't think I can predict. <laughs> <laughs> don't predict then. Whoever I predict only has a 66% chance of, or um, however that works. How about, Logan, at the end of this, we'll record your predictions and I will put them in next week's podcast. Okay, we'll wait for Michelle. We will do it as a um, pre-music sequence. Logan's final four predictions. (laughs) Earmuffs for Michelle. Michelle, (laughs) who do you think is going to come third, second, first? Oh, gosh. Look, if the Afghanimals don't go out in fourth, they'll be third. And then, oh, gosh, it could be either. So you think it's Colin and Christy, or Tyler and Corey who are winning the season? Yes, yes. Oh, this, to me, they're really even, even though I know Tyler and Corey have won more legs. So, God, I'm going to say Tyler and Corey, even though I'd like it to be Colin and Christy. But I'm really in two minds. I'm really, it could be either of them, in my mind, anyway. For the final time this season, I can actually be genuinely ambiguous about my reactions. Next week, all bets are off. I will be discussing (laughs) this heavily. Of course. For this week only, my lips are sealed. Yeah, and guess what? Probably Nicole and Victor win something that's totally wrong. I will say, this season has been very hard not to discuss what I've known. (laughs) 
that's why, spoilers for next week, we are doing the first ever Reality TV Warriors Confessions. I'm going to admit everything that I know, Logan's going to admit everything that he knew, and Michelle's going to admit everything she knew. Well, I didn't know because I didn't look at RFF. And just before we go, I'm going to do a little bit of a record update because I'm me. So Colin and Christy are only one leg away from equaling the leg win record, assuming Tyler and Corey don't win another. And Leo and Jamal will get the leg appearance record next week, regardless. Becker and Floyd end up on the same average teams beaten, which is four, as their 29 run. And Colin and Christy will get the all-star average record if they don't score more than three placement points next week. So if they get top two next week in the final four leg, and then win, basically, the final leg, they will get the all-star record. Otherwise, they will not. Right. If they score exactly four, their average for this season will be the same as Tyler and Corey's was in 28. And Tyler and Corey can only overtake Colin and Christie if Colin and Christie go home in fourth and Tyler and Corey win the season. So that is something to be mindful of next week. Oh, yeah. So have you guys got anything else you want to say? Uh, No. Okay. Thank you for listening to this Amazing Race podcast. You can join us next week for the final recap of the season. If you've got any questions, feel free to contact us on our Facebook page, Reality TV Warriors, and our Twitter account, RTV Warriors. Our own Twitter pages, MJ Armstrong for me, Lux for Cracky for Logan, and Bear3333 for Michelle. See you next week. Bye. Peace out and just chill till the final episode. Yeah. <laughs>